0: Hmm. Last Sunday, um, many of you were here. And uh, if you weren't, I'll just explain this briefly. In fact, those of you who were here won't know this. (laughs) I wasn't feeling real well last Sunday. Um, Partly physically, but it was more than that. And I've, I've been battling um, some acid reflux issues. I've, I've been diagnosed with that years ago. And I most of the time had it under control. But I must have overdone it at the holidays with all the wrong foods or something. But uh, it, it's been acting up. So I have to cut some things out of my daily diet, including coffee. <laughs> I'm so sad. <laughs> so, Yeah, pray for me. I'm drinking tea. And it it has to be decaffeinated tea because it's the caffeine in coffee is actually the worst. Well, the acid doesn't help either. Um, So I cut out coffee and chocolate. Oh, pray hard. (laughs) Marie passed out. Uh (laughs) Among other things. But I want to get this under control. But I I was feeling that last week, but it was more than that. And... um, I had a very strange experience during my sermon, and, uh, which, which led to me asking you to pray for me at the end. I was saying the words to the, to the sermon, and I could hear myself saying the words, and they were, you know, the third point and, and whatever detail about that, I, I was explaining from that chapter of Acts. And I was saying that, and I could hear myself saying it, but in my mind, I was having a battle. And I've—it I've, it, was—it was bizarre. It was scary. It was um, almost overwhelming to the, but I got through the message somehow. But I was feeling my stomach. But then I've told you how during um, because of my own diagnosis with COVID nineteen last fall, I had lingering issues with with head fog, and I can't. Often think clearly and connect the thoughts as quickly as I would like. And that was there in a very intense way. And I just felt this tightness in me and this. And I just, I I almost stopped the sermon. But I got through. And then as the last song was sung, and I'm standing here trying to sing, pretending to worship, the Lord's telling me, Paul, you need prayer. And you did that for me. And it helped. It helped a lot. Thank you. It helped calm me. It didn't take away everything. It didn't resolve all that was bothering me. But it gave me a calm heart and a calm mind so I could deal with what's troubling me from a place of faith. Because your faith got infused into me through prayer. That's how it works, by the way. That's spiritual power. We share the same Spirit. And we all have the Spirit. The Spirit doesn't leave us. And yet, when we are ignoring the voice of God, the way of the Spirit, not making the choices in line with the Spirit, then... He's just kind of waiting around for us. The Holy Spirit does not force Himself upon us or His ways. He wants us to choose to align with Him in all our ways acknowledge Him, Proverbs chapter 3. And each of us has struggles at various times in, you know, not doing that or not being able to do that or not feeling ready to do that or whatever else it might be. And so as I was... Thinking and praying a lot this week, and that's one thing that your prayer did for me. It it set my prayer life on a, on a on a much more firm foundation. That that I that I've been praying more, and I've been I've been opening myself up much more to to what the Spirit is saying and doing and wants to do. And and somewhere along the line this week, I um, as as I was praying, I I think I was going to. Um, the the Bible online, uh, which some of you might use as well. It's the most popular Bible website, Bible Gateway, and and I often use that for sermon work or just my own study. And I'll go into the top and I'll plug in a word to find a verse, and maybe some of you do that as well. Well, if you've ever been on that website, they'll have a verse of the day across the you know the the home page, and I don't always even read it or pay attention to it. Well, this is what it said. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. And that line alone just dropped me back to my knees. And what I realized in that moment is that I have been dealing with multiple trials, but more important than that is that it awakened me to the fact, wait a minute, so is everybody else. For two years, we've lived with this pandemic, COVID-19 elephant. And it's knocked everything over, and it stinks, and it's dangerous. But we've almost gotten so used to it that maybe we don't talk about it as much. I mean, we talk about it on the surface. Yeah, I don't like having to wear a mask. Did you get your vaccine? You're not going to. Yeah, and and the politics of it. We do all this surface stuff, but what we haven't done, at least I haven't, I should say, and what I want to foster in our church, starting today, is an opening to, to, to be honest with ourselves, with God, and with one another, what these last two years have done to you, what they are doing to you, and how we need to trust God that much more. Now, I'm not saying that some of you aren't trusting God in this. What I am saying is, in the church, we need to to make this much more more central to at least the sermons on Sunday, and and we'll let God's Spirit move where He's going to move beyond that in terms of really connecting and communicating with one another about the needs in life and this is the greatest collective need we have ever lived through i can say that without hesitation Amen. and why aren't we talking about it and that's kind of what god was saying to me he said there's nothing wrong with preaching through the book of acts i enjoyed it and i hope it blessed you and i didn't stop preaching because i got bad feedback or got bored with it or any of that i just god just said just set that aside paul Here's what you're going to do. And now, if you know also that I normally have a sermon sermon series laid out weeks and months ahead of time. And so I know what I'm going to preach on, you know, in June already, you know, sometimes. And usually at least two, three months ahead, sometimes more. Now I'm just stopping. Okay? I know I am going to kind of keep it under sort of one theme, and that is just this. Uh, I haven't come up with a good, the best title for it, but, you know, pandemic, life as a believer, I don't know, whatever it might be, but but that's what I'm asking God to show me, it is how we can help one another, and this is the first verse of that. So this is what I'm preaching on today. I don't know what I'm preaching on next Sunday. God's going to tell me, and you can pray that God would show me the right scriptures that are going to bless us and the other church as well, because I do the same sermon, but that's okay, because God's Spirit is, is going to give us the the, the, right, the right scriptures, the right verses, the right themes, and, and I don't know how long I'm going to do this, uh, weeks at least, I'm sure, but pray for me about that, and that's how we ended up here at this verse today. So what I want to do is, I want us to walk through this together and I'm not saying, teaching this today, talking about this today, as if I've got it all figured out. Here's what you do. I'm saying, I'm struggling with this too. Let's struggle together, okay? So here's what I think it means, or here's what it says, and let's let's look a bit in detail at these verses, and this is how I approach a passage. I, I pick out key words, key lines, and sort of meditate on that, and And let that sink in a little bit. Then I bring it back to the the context that it's in. And, you know, it enriches everything. And my first question is for James, the writer. Pure joy in facing trials in many kinds. What are you thinking, James? Have you ever lived through a pandemic, James? Come on. Until I realized that James... This is the James, the brother of our Lord Jesus, not the James, the brother of John and the friend of, of Peter and one of the twelve. This is another apostle who became a leader in the church in Jerusalem. This is a man that knew suffering. This is a man that was leading the church in a time when this was written, where an emperor, an emperor named Caligula was in Rome and began to persecute Christians because by the time he reigned, Christianity was moving, even into Rome itself. And they didn't like it. So persecution against the church began. And this is where... I don't think it was so much under him, but his successor a few years later, Nero, that's where the persecutions that you probably learned about or read about as as horrible as they were with slaughtering Christians for sport in arenas was, was common, and that's the kind of persecution James was addressing here. So, okay, James, you get it. Okay, you know what persecution is. So, pure joy purifying joy, might be a way of saying it. Purifying like gold that has to be brought through the fire in order to take out the impurities to to make it pure, to make it that much more valuable. That's the kind of purifying we're talking about here. The trial that brings fire can produce joy. And so I hope that we can look at not just the pandemic, but the trials in our lives. And we all have a lot of them. And if you have an outline today, if you have that paper, that's why it's just sort of big and blank today, because just, just write down what something I say sticks, something the Lord gives you, uh, there's nothing to do with what I'm saying from the scripture, write it down, but on that paper on the front or the back, or and if you just want to make a mental list, if you're not a jotter, that's okay, but, but think this through at least, what... Trials are you facing right now? How many? What's going on in you? And don't just say the pandemic. In what more specific and personal way is and has the pandemic impacted your life? In, in my life, I mentioned I'm dealing with the stomach thing and um, some probable lingering effects from my bout with COVID. I'm still not sure we're working on that. I saw a doctor this week, we'll get there. Um, But I'm really concerned for that wonderful woman that I sent the kids to. She's my wife and I love her deeply. And she and all the other teachers Really, have a hard time right now. It's, she comes home, and I just see how this is wearing on her at such a deep level. That's a trial. And teachers aren't alone in enormous stress added to an already stressful job, such as those in the medical field. What about those in retail that, have to run their business and welcome the public in, but have to have rules according to the CDC or according to their corporate office if it's a chain of some kind and say they have to be masked or your employees have to be vaccinated or whatever else it might be. Imagine that level of stress. And, and all of us have stress. So, so what, what kinds of things are, are on your list of trials that you're facing together? We have a lot of commonalities here, don't we? And there's a lot. When you face trials of many kinds. So that's where we're at, isn't it? Trials of many kinds. Right now on the 23rd of January in 2022. Coming up on two years since the pandemic entered our nation. And it ain't over yet. What trials do you have? These trials are a testing of your faith. Now, what I see there is, first of all, ask yourself the question very honestly. Pick one thing from your list, your mental list, or if you wrote down a list, pick one thing. And ask yourself, have I approached this trial, this challenge with faith? And meditate on that. Think about it. Honestly, between you and God, have I approached this trial with faith? Because if there's no faith there to begin with, there's no faith to be tested. So maybe faith has to be brought to it. And one way to discern whether or not you brought faith, faith in God, into your circumstances is to examine the fruit of your circumstance in as much as you've impacted it. So from you dealing with your trial, is there love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness happening in you and those around you because of the way you've managed this? Or is it the opposite? If, if what you've seen in your own heart of hearts is, is frustration and despair and anger and even hatred, well, that's a pretty good sign that you failed the test of faith in terms of bringing faith into that circumstance. Now, when I say bring faith in the circumstance, and I don't mean a very surface knee-jerk definition of that. Let me give one example that we'll all relate to. Vaccines. When we bring faith to it, it's not to say that, well, my faith is strong enough, therefore I don't need the vaccine. Now, some people are there, and I'm not saying they shouldn't be. And if between them and the Lord, that's where they are, then who am I to question that? But sometimes we have to look beneath the surface of that. Are there other reasons we really don't want it aside from you know well i just want to trust in god and then we have to ask ourselves too well if we don't trust this why not if i get other medications or and other vaccines or go through you know that, that whole that's a whole big question that has has come right to the forefront right now like like where how how does how does our faith in god and our turning to the doctor and what he or she prescribes to us, or the surgery we're going to have. How does that work together? How does God work with that? So here's how I answered that question, with it, just for me entering into the question about do I get a vaccine. So so God made all of this world, and He made in creation plants and and minerals and you know enzymes and and things I can't really describe very well, but I, I do know that the vaccine and, and medications and everything else came from somewhere, from something that God made, okay, and it has been manipulated into such a way that it can be helpful, and more than that, there are people throughout this world that have been gifted with with knowledge and, and insight in, into how to, to make this happen, and and driven by the passion to save lives as fast as they could. They got this vaccine out, you know, much more quickly because of the urgency of the situation worldwide. So, so in other words, I bring faith to the question of, should I get a vaccine? And what I see there is I see I see God in the process of making the vaccine happen, okay? So that, that's, how, that's how I answered that, bringing faith into that one particular trial, whether or not to get a vaccine. And I fully respect those who haven't done so. And and as as long as in your heart of hearts, you've gone to the Lord in prayer about it and you landed in the place where you're not going to get one, because that's where God led you, okay. And we need to bring that same attitude to all of our trials, to, to see, to bring God to it if he's not already, and then to go back and say, Lord, Help me to trust you in this and to trust when it says in, in um, I mentioned this verse a moment ago in Proverbs chapter three, in all our ways acknowledge him. What in all our ways? Yeah, like what, do we acknowledge that God made the world? Do we acknowledge that God, we, sometimes science gets a bad rap in the church. You know, God just made the world. All we're doing is describing what God did and how it functions as best we can. And maybe there's wrong conclusions drawn here and there, but, you know, there's, there's goodness in, in, in the blessing of what we have in the modern world to be able to stop a virus. And hopefully soon, before more people die, but it's sadly many more will. And this testing of your faith, this trusting God, in the middle of whatever your trial is, whatever aspect of the pandemic or trials that have nothing to do with the pandemic but are made heavier most likely by the pandemic, whatever it might be that you're facing, as you bring faith to it, as you continually trust in Him, that produces perseverance, that produces a a (laughs) stick-to-itiveness that we're gonna get through this, we're gonna keep going. And the best way to help make that happen or, or to, to see it through is don't fly solo. Don't do this by yourself. Someone really wants to get in here. Don't do this by yourself. If you try to live a life alone, and when I say alone means never, no, no connection with anyone anywhere else, just me and the Lord, that's all I need, that's going to fall. That's going to fail. That's going to falter. We need a connection with people. We need a connection with the church. We need a connection that is open and honest about what we are dealing with, what kind of trials we're having. That's why we have things like Ladies' Latte, so they can talk about what's going on and pray for one another and help one another. Guys, we still need that. We're going to get there one day. Amen? Man, we got to find a way to get together, okay? Because Because we need to have some kind of a framework, a format. I don't know what it is, but guys, we're going to pray about that together that it happens, all right? So I'm not going to give you the answer because the Lord is. So we'll trust him for that. So we have a a connection with one another that helps us persevere. Why do you think, I was watching the football games last night. They were pretty good games. They both came down to last second field goals. It It was fun to watch. And why do coaches say, good job, keep going, oh, you got this? Because we all need encouragement. We all need a good coach to, you know, slap us on the butt and say, keep it up, buddy. Or maybe slap us in the head and say, what were you thinking? You know, (laughs) but we need that from one another and we need it right now, very desperately, more than we ever have before. And what I'm saying today in a sermon isn't just for the sake of a sermon. This is for the sake of of, of our church to to have a resolve together to support one another through these days for the sake of one another, for the sake of the kingdom of God, for the sake of the neighbors who are going to end up sitting in these seats in the next several months and years because this church has shown the light of God by the way they persevered through difficult times. Amen? That's where we need to go. That's where we need to be. That's who we need to become. Perseverance. And let perseverance finish its work. One of the most encouraging coach talks, I guess you could say, or our coach speak would be, um, as a pastor, I, I say this a lot. I said it to many of you, either directly or through a, a text or or an email or whatever, to remind you that God is with you. God is with you. God didn't abandon you. He didn't leave you alone. He's not sitting up the path somewhere waiting for you to get it together. Then He's going to, you know, reconnect and love you. He's always here. And then to, on the heels of that then, as we continue to persevere, to to see things through, three other important words. Don't give up. And again, we need one another to help us to not give up. To help us to, to, to get through. To give us, the word I shared with the children a moment ago, the confidence we need to take on these trials and to support one another as they take on theirs, and to be there for one another you know, prayerfully. And, and, it's, and so often we, we discount or overlook the smallest words and acts of kindness that, that we can and should be doing, that, that we do do, and we need to, to continue and to do so more. Just Sometimes you don't know how big an impact your kind word might have to someone. Your hand on the shoulder. How are you doing today? I'm going to pray for you. How are you doing with whatever that thing you shared last week or the week before? The fact that you asked the question is so reassuring to that person, isn't it? That somebody remembered what I'm going through and they asked about it with a caring attitude. That's the church. That's the church to care for one another. It's not rocket science. It's not complicated. You don't have to dig through the Greek and the Hebrew text to figure out what it's really saying. God made it so the child can understand it. A child understands kindness. A child can do kindness. And we as children of God need to continually express that level of kindness to one another. That's what helps perseverance to, to finish its work so that we may become mature and complete. The word mature is um, often translated in other scriptures in the New Testament, perfect. And that's that's a hard word in the English because our cultural understanding, at least the the first one, we think of the word perfect, we think pristine, without blemish, nothing's wrong with it, and so it's perfect, and, well, that sounds nice. I want to be perfect, but you know what? I messed that up when I was five, so, you know, why bother now, right? <laughs> but a better translation of that word is, is, in most cases, mature, which is used here in James, mature grown solid and complete complete enough not to handle anything but to handle the next thing you see the difference there if you say to someone well god god's ready he's going to help you handle anything and then, you know, our minds, especially the sin nature, wants to say anything. Do you have any idea what that could mean? Do you know how many things that are, could, could go bad in this world? Especially if you, if you, if you struggle with pessimism or anxiety and, and you have just the sense that, you know, it's gotten bad. It's going to get worse and it's going to keep getting worse and everything's going to happen to me. So I can handle anything and maybe you're feeling good that day. And then the next day you think, oh, what was I saying? Wow. I don't want anything to happen to me at all. But maybe if we look at it like, how about trusting God for the next thing? That's all. That's it. I ask you to make a list. Maybe you wrote one down, maybe you just thought about it. But I'll bet your list was, you know, like mine. A whole bunch of things going on at once in my life and those that I love. I'm worried about our our nation. I'm worried about you know the various aspects to this crazy days we're living in and how divisive it's been man this gets to me we have all that stuff but just kind of let the dust settle when i ask you to pick one thing to look at in terms of testing your faith i bet that's the one thing that is bothering you the most and i bet that's the one thing you need to focus on what's the one thing that god wants to help you through so you are ready for the next thing. And the more challenges and trials you, you get through and overcome, the more ready you are and we are to continue to take our next steps, come what may. We shouldn't have to live our lives without that kind of support in normal times and and if nothing else perhaps the pandemic will teach us that that we really do need one another that's why God desired us excuse me that's why God designed us with relationship with a desire for relationship with for connection with people So that's my prayer for Bushkill Community Church this day. That's my prayer for each of us in our lives that we would see God in the trial and allow Him to work through it. And certainly pray fervently that we can be spared of it. Pray that it can be avoided. Pray that, that, that this won't happen to us and yet trust God even if it doesn't work out the way our prayer hoped. You see the difference there? Faith isn't telling God what you want and getting it. Faith is trusting God no matter what you get. And so, i he hears our prayers and he's not going to, you know, just give us stuff to bring vengeance upon us. Or, you know, make things go bad so you learn your lesson. He is doing He's allowing or doing these things in our lives so that we can continue to refine, to work toward maturity and completion, not lacking anything. The, the rest of this passage that I, I read down in the eighth verse goes on to talk about wisdom. and Maybe I'll pick it up there next week. I'm not sure yet. I'm going to let God decide, and he'll, he'll let me know. But I want you to pray for that too. I want you to pray about what we look at here on Sundays and then, again, I want this to be a seed that spreads into well beyond what happens here in a 30-minute you know, sermon every Sunday. I want, I want these truths to be planted and, and growing seeds in your hearts and your lives and through, through other, other relationships that we have, whether it's a formal group or just two friends talking, that we can be reminded of, hey, we're going to support each other, aren't we? We're going to help one another. And that's how we don't lack anything. Because we're, we're ready. We're, we're ready for what comes next. And I don't need to have it all. I just need enough. Enough from my Lord to show me the next step. So my last question today, two questions, which you should always ask when you hear a teaching from the Word or when you study the Word on your own. These two questions. What have you learned what will you do with that lesson? Let's pray. Lord, I pray that you would help us to be honest with ourselves about our trials. I thank you for this very group of people that was there for me last week when in a very desperate moment you brought them and they prayed and your spirit has worked through me ever since in a way that... that was missing for a long time. And I pray that that same Spirit would ignite all of us, would comfort all of us, would teach all of us, that together we would support one another through the the difficult days of this pandemic, but then also through whatever other difficult days come, even after the word COVID-19 kind of fades into the, into the background and gets written in history books. May we be still found faithful to trust you and to allow the deep and true joy that you are purifying through us to be evident. In your name I pray, amen. amen.